Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. iPhone 13 on us for every customer. Current, new, everyone to show the love. Black Star Network is here. Hold no punch! 
I'm real um, revolutionary right now. Support this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told. Uh, thank you for being the voice of Black America, Roland. Hey, Black, I love y'all. All momentum we have now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, there's a difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Today is Tuesday, June 14, 2022, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, uh, streaming live on the Black Star Network from the UNCF 2022 Unite Summit for Higher Education. We will talk with the presidents of Bennett and Tougaloo Colleges about what is happening on their campuses uh, in this COVID world, how they are also looking to expand and grow as we see the same thing happening in other HBCUs. We'll talk about this being the third reconstruction moment, what African-Americans must be thinking and doing when it comes to ensuring that we are getting the resources needed for our various communities. Also on today's show, it is a primary day in a number of states, including South Carolina. We'll we'll, uh, tell you about that. Also, the bill extending security to the family members of Supreme Court justices has been passed by the House. It is on its way for the signature of President uh, Joe Biden. And Saturday, the Poor People's uh, March here in in the nation's capital, we're talking to another affected father, low-income worker, about why this march is critically important. Also, WNBA star Brittany Griner stays in Russia. Uh, Her detainment has been extended by 18 days. Uh, We'll talk about some other stuff as well on the show. Folks, broadcasting live from Atlanta, it is time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Glad to be here, of course. So they're preparing right now uh, for an event here uh, in Atlanta for uh, a table talk uh, for the UNCF Unite 2022 uh, Summit for Black Higher Education. And so uh, it's going to be a packed ballroom uh, in about 30 minutes or so. And so uh, we look forward to uh, these uh, spirited conversations happening between the attendees here at the summit. One of the things that you have heard 
uh, me talk about on this show numerous times is how uh, this is the third reconstruction. And when I say the third reconstruction, what I mean is it is the uh, period where we should be, frankly, thinking totally different uh, about uh, this moment that we are in. When you think about the first two reconstructions, you had the first one uh, after the Civil War, 1865 to 1877, where you had the passages of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. And you saw the kind of progress that was happening for freed slaves of African descent. And then, of course, you had 92 years of Jim Crow came into effect. Uh, and then, of course, then in 1955, you had, uh, first of all, go to 54, Brown versus Board of Education. In 55, the lynching of Emmett Till on August 28, 1955. The Montgomery bus boycott that's starting on December 1st, uh, 1955. And that lasted 382 days. And then you had 13 years of the uh, black freedom movement, some called the Civil Rights Movement. And so it was the death of George Floyd that I dare say uh, really started what it is, what I, what I have been calling, uh, what John Hope Bryant, founder of Operation Hope, has been calling, what Reverend Dr. William J. Barber has been calling. He even titled his book this, uh, The Third Reconstruction. But what has to happen is our mindset, frankly, has to change in terms of what is it that we are demanding in this third reconstruction. Yesterday, we talked to Michael Lomax, CEO of the United Negro College Fund, UNCF, and he talked about uh, whether this is a moment or we allow it uh, to simply wane and then go out. We've seen, you've, heard, you, you've seen people, those of us who have been advocating uh, for these companies that have pledged anywhere from 20, 30, 40, 50 billion dollars for social justice after George, Flo George Floyd's death and has the money been spent? Black Enterprise has a conference coming up dealing with this very issue. You've seen us talk about uh, what is happening in the advertising world and what needs to happen when it comes to uh, black-owned media. When we have had Ron, uh, of course, when we had um, uh, U.S. Black Chamber, Inc. on talking about the fact that $560 billion is being spent by the federal government every single year, African-Americans are getting 1.67% of all of those contracts. But, but, but some of you may be saying, well, okay, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure, like, is this really uh, that big of a deal? But, 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 but I dare say it is because um, what I have been saying to so many people is this moment that we're living in where of white fear. And, and, and of course, my book drops uh, in September uh, on this very issue. And uh, the, the author, James Patterson got me thinking about this because just the other day uh, he was lamenting he was lamenting uh the uh, lack of opportunities for white men older white men uh in this country yeah he said that it's another form of racism that white men are going through. And, and in fact, uh, this is what he said. If y'all go to my iPad, uh, he talked about it's even harder for older writers. You don't meet many 52-year-old white males. Really? Really, that's, that's quite interesting. Folks, if y'all see my iPad, please let me know if you are or not. So what, what was really interesting about this, that he said that, uh, and here's a white man who's worth $800 million, who doesn't even write his own books, has ghostwriters. And, and he complained uh, in this particular piece that he said, uh, he said, um, um, uh, can you get a job? Yes. Is it harder? Yes. It's even harder for older writers. You don't many, you don't meet many 52 year old white males. 
Guys, if y'all see my iPad, please pull it up. Now, what, now what's interesting uh, uh, about that is that he's lying. In fact, someone put a posted a Twitter three, thread earlier that showed of all these writers, the top 150 writers on bestseller list, literally 145 were white men. And so you might ask, well, well, well why, why, why are you raising this point, Roland? Because I want to caution everybody who's watching what happened in the first reconstruction and what happened in the second reconstruction. Midway through the first reconstruction, white Americans were like, you know what? Hey, look, look, we, we about done done enough for the black people. And support began to wane. What happened during the black freedom movement? Oh, same thing. Well, we've done enough. We passed these laws. Ain't y'all happy now? What we cannot do is allow this moment, allow this to wane, allow this opportunity to somehow subside. But we better understand it is going to come. And so our mindset must be different. When you see what is happening uh, with, uh, with uh, HBCU, uh, HBCUs across the country, the influx of resources, that cannot just be a momentary thing. Our responsibility is to ensure that the federal government, state government, county governments, city governments, the private sector, that they are investing in African Americans, in black institutions, because if that does not happen, folks, we'll be further behind as we become more an emerging majority in terms of minorities in this country. I know some of you keep, might say, man, I, I don't know why you keep harping on this, but I keep telling y'all, it's about the money. It's about the money. In America, it comes down to the money. And so if we are not making those demands, if we are not demanding that these companies are investing in our HBCUs, STEM programs and liberal arts programs and business schools and law schools and nursing programs and medical schools, then what are we doing? It has been interesting talking to various presidents. And again, we're going to hear from a couple of more in this hour. I've interviewed a number of them already. and They talked about what has been happening on their campuses. But I'm telling folks right now, we must be extremely careful and not allowing people to get a pass. We must keep the pressure going. We must keep pushing. We must keep advocating. We must keep calling folks out, not allowing people to make small micro announcements of a few dollars here and there. I am not interested in crumbs. I am not interested in small conversations. Now is the time for us as African-Americans to be thinking broader, bolder, large, momentous, we must be prepared for this moment in making demands and not being afraid to do so. We talk about black companies. We've got to be talking about building capacity. Oh, I understand when people say we need more black owned businesses. No, I need more black owned businesses with scale. 
We need black-owned businesses with 50, 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, uh, 1,000, 5,000 employees. What we cannot do is continue to have black-owned businesses where 95% of them have one employee. Our mindset must change. When we're going into rooms and making demands, we can't walk into the room uh, with our heads bowed, holding our hats, hoping someone give us $10,000. We must walk in asking for a hundred or 500,000 or a million or 10 million or a hundred million or 250 million or 500 million or billion. We must be thinking about the collective and how we utilize the collective. Why the group of us in black-owned media, why did we make the demands that we did as a collective? Because I, we understood that if one individual tries to do it, it's not going to succeed. You must see the collective. We're seeing this with HBCUs partnering, collaborating, the collective. Some of you may be saying, well, okay, fine, Roland, I hear you, but I don't necessarily think this is important. But I, I, I caution you to go back and listen to that speech that Dr. King gave on April 3rd, 1968 in Mason Temple, where he said African-Americans individually are poor, yet collectively we represent one of the top 10 economies in the world. That has not changed in 2022. What has changed, what has changed is for many of us, what has changed is our focus. Because see, for a lot of us, we are thinking small, operating small. We are in our situation where we are just thinking about ourselves, that simply cannot happen. Can't happen. The only way we're going to be able to move forward is if we're operating as a collective, as group, group dynamics. Which means that ego has to be put aside. Which means that if we're talking about a business conversation, that means that we've got to be having merger and acquisition conversations. We can't get so caught up in saying, oh, I'm the CEO, I'm the founder, I'm the principal. Yeah, but you're small and broke. What? Why would we be so excited if you have a PR agency that's doing maybe 100000 and you have a PR agency that's doing maybe a couple hundred thousand and you have one that's doing 150,000. Add that up, that's three separate companies doing $450,000. When those three could actually create a much larger company to say we want to hit five, $10 million. Reconstruction was called that because the root word of that is to reconstruct. It was to reconstruct the black family. It was to reconstruct African Americans. It was to reconstruct the country. And the reality is this. Our community today is still 
being starved for resources. Our community today is still in a position to where we are begging and pleading. We are in a position of surviving and not thriving. That, that's the position that we are in. And so how do we change this? How do we alter this? How do we shift this? It requires us to change this. It requires us to think differently and look differently and act differently. That's what it requires. So what I want all of you to ask yourself is what are you prepared to do for us to change this worldview? How are we going to move our institutions to be thinking differently? Again, I've been having these conversations here at this UNC of Summit because our HBCUs are a pillar of our community. When we start thinking about our black institutions, we have to think about black colleges, black businesses, black organizations, black fraternities and sororities. Those are the pillars of our community. Are the pillars of our community moving us forward? Are the pillars of our community, as Dr. King wrote in his book, Where We Go From Here, Chaos or Community, are we fully committed, uh, committing ourselves to liberating black people? I want you to hear that again. Are we fully committing ourselves to the liberation of black people? And if we are not, then what the hell are we doing? These institutions that we're talking Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play talking to here these institutions are not going to be able to survive unless they're being funded I said yesterday that our legal minds must be studying whether or not lawsuits should be filed in Tennessee in Alabama in Texas and other places to ensure that our HBCUs are getting equal funding we must be challenging every single corporation in America that is living off of black money to say, how are you now returning that money to our communities? I dare say that every civil rights organization, the NAACP, the National Urban League, National Action Network, NAACP Legal Defense Fund, laws created for civil rights under law, and we could go on and on and on. Every single one must be establishing what I call a racial index or a black index. And what we should be saying is you cannot participate on our boards or at our conventions or at our meetings unless you are passing the test when it comes to blacks on your board of directors, blacks in senior management, blacks who are junior executives unless you have initiatives with HBCUs, unless you are partnering with uh, other entities. That has to be demands that we make. We cannot allow our black organizations to keep selling us short. Wells Fargo right now is under investigation for having sham interviews with African-Americans. I have not heard one black organization say we are suspending our partnerships with Wells Fargo until this matter is resolved. I can guarantee you situations will never ever change as long as there are black folks there who want to keep getting the checks, want to keep getting paid. And we must have the courage to actually call out our own institutions that are selling us out. I use that phrase for a reason. 
Because when I say think small, reconstruction, you getting $50,000, $100,000 mean nothing if they take in 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 million dollars from our community. That's playing ourselves small. That's playing ourselves short. And so I would hope <coughs> that as we think about how we move and how we act and how we sort of operate, we are operating from a reconstruction mindset. If we don't, we're going to waste this opportunity. This generation, this generation has the opportunity to redefine and reset the framework for the future of black America. So if you are 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, as long as there's breath still in your body, you got to answer the question, what role are you playing in this reconstruction period? How are you challenging leadership to think differently about this opportunity? This summer, I will be attending the National Association of Black Journalists Convention. Oh, don't think for a second that I'm not going to be challenging them on this, as I have been. We'll be meeting in Las Vegas. Sigma Pi Fighter Boule is going to be having our meeting uh, in the Bahamas. <coughs> I'm not interested in going uh, just to play golf and having other parties and events. How are we, when we meet, how are we using our gathering to change the future, future trajectory of black America? That's literally what this entire meeting is about. It's about the future of black higher education. That must be where we are. I want to bring in my panel right now uh, to talk about this uh, because it, it, it really is something that that bothers me in terms of how we think about it. Mustafa Santiago Ali, former senior advisor for the uh, environmental justice of the EPA, Teresa Lundy, uh, principal founder of TML Communications, Dr. Amakongo Dabinga, professorial lecturer, School of International Service, American University. Uh, Amakongo, I'm going to start with you on this. And, and that is... I get us gathering to enjoy ourselves. I get us gathering uh, to party and have fun. But I, I, I'm sort of stuck on that line that MLK wrote when he said there are four pillars of the black community that are prime position to liberate our people. He said the black church, the black press, uh, fraternities and sororities, and Negro professional organizations. And he said all of these have never fully committed themselves to the liberation of black people. To me, this is the moment where we must be challenging black leadership in a totally different way to achieve real mm -hmm. outcomes and not small, minute, micro outcomes. Absolutely right. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to realize that we are in a position that we have never been in in this in this country before. We have the opportunity, we have the skill set, and we have the opportunity right now to really make the strong demand 
for these resources. The problem that we have so often, Roland, is that we're too impatient. We're so quick to, like you said, get this grant, get this, get this little thing here and there, get this little commitment from this company. But long-term thinking is what's going to take us to the next level. When you talk about that second reconstruction, when you talk about what came out of the civil rights movement and what sparked it, when you look at things like the Montgomery bus boycott, when you have people willing to not take that white person's transportation and pick each other up and carpool. And yes, at the end of that boycott, we, we should have started our own company and, and kept that going. And we can talk about that at, to, to some level. But nowadays, we are, we're impatient. I know that it's a different day and age, but we need to be coming up with similar strategies to challenge corporations beyond having them trend for 24 hours on a hashtag. What are you actually doing in our community now that you've been called out? Like you said, Wells Fargo hasn't suffered enough. I haven't heard stories about many people talking about they're going to close their accounts. I haven't heard many people coming in from external spaces bringing more pressure outside of that story. As a matter of fact, this is the first time I've heard about that story since it dropped a few weeks ago. We need to be circulating that information. We know that you do that here. And then we also have to be mindful of the fact that we have to do a better job of flexing our economic might in our communities. I saw that Jay-Z is launching a program to teach kids in Marcy Projects how to get involved in things like Bitcoin. And one of the things I saw Jay-Z say in an interview, he says, when he first started doing this thing with hip-hop and everything, there was a Jewish community across from Marcy houses that was similar to the Marcy Projects. Now that Jewish community that's there, it's like 10 times on another level than Marcy Projects but Marcy's the same. And he's like, we got to have a different type of thinking. I see guys like LeBron James, you know, using his, his money to open up the schools, to do that in our communities, right? These are the types of things we have to do. If you're not about furthering the black community with the resources that you have, whether it's economic, whether it's political, whether it's social, then what are you about right now? Because if we don't do it now, it's literally now or never. And we don't know what's going to happen with this next election. election. Justice Department is dragging his feet. We don't know if Trump's going to get back in here or people who are Trump-like who are going to go harder at coming at us. We have a prime opportunity right now to seize it and create something that's going to be legacy-focused for generations to come. But like you said, Roland, it is now or never. Um, eight days ago, Teresa, the New York Times um, ran this story. Wells Fargo announces pause of policy that led to fake job interviews. Uh, go to my iPad, please, um, and you see it here. Um, and there's actually a, uh, a criminal probe uh, into this where they were uh, having, again, these uh, fake interviews. The New York Times reported on May 19th that a former employee in the bank's wealth management business had complained that he was being forced by his bosses to interview people for jobs that had already been promised to others just to meet the, quote, diverse slate requirement. The man, Joe Bruno, was one of a dozen current and former Wells Fargo employees who said that they had witnessed or participated in fake interviews. Some of the employees said that sham interviews were also conducted for jobs that paid less than $100,000. Now, 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 Teresa, the, the point here again, is for me the silence, if you will, the silence from black groups. Silence. 
that are receiving money from Wells Fargo. I I'm sorry. Is the check that valuable where you say nothing about sham interviews? Yeah, I mean, look, this goes back to the, the original conversation of um, how do we hold our institutions accountable? You know, and so many times we have seen with so many organizations, especially our national organizations, where they know they can't really get the monies that they need to operate, and thus they have to utilize the larger institutions in order to support them. Which means if you take the check, you also need to make sure that you are lockstep with their same talking points, either say something or don't say anything at all, has been the narrative for these, uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, our black national organizations. And let's be honest, during the pandemic and after George Floyd, they have been receiving black organizations millions of dollars during this, looking for racial equity trainings, DEI, and the rest. And so institutions have been able to enable, unfortunately, again, I keep saying this word unfortunately because it is unfortunate, that these organizations are continuously allowing, um, you know, the silence of some of these uh, larger or organizations to um, not only just write the check, but not be held accountable. And so it's like, you don't want to say your their sounds is being paid for, but the writing is on the wall. And uh, again, I, I can't stress enough, you know, how important it is that, you know, black organizations are keeping their integrity, not only with their membership, but what they actually stand for. Because what we're dealing with right now, this is going to be an ongoing situation where, you know, if they if or large corporations are writing the top dollar check for these institutions, we will be losing our voice. And, and, and after a while, we won't even be relevant in the issues that cause um, uh, civil rights for uh, black Americans. Mustafa, when I'm constantly talking about the money, the money, the money. That's America. If you ain't dealing with the money, you ain't dealing with nothing in America. Exactly. I mean, all we have to do, so let's begin with the, the black-white wealth gap that exists inside of our country. We know that white families have about 10 times more wealth than black families do. That's not by mistake. That is because of a system that has been put in place to make sure that we never garner wealth so we don't have the power that's associated with it to be able to frame out our direction. Let's also talk about accountability. So their accountability is a symbiotic relationship. So yes, we should be making sure that we are helping to fund our organizations, our entities, but there also has to be accountability that they're actually doing the work that everyday folks are looking for and are expecting. Um, so that's why there's that symbiotic relationship there. That way we can get away from having to take money from uh, institutions and others who don't have our best interests at heart. You know, I'm not going to call out one of our organizations, but I've, I've seen them take money from like places like uh, Exxon, uh, understanding the impacts that they're doing inside of our communities. And there are others, so they're not in it by themselves. So we have to also understand that it is time for us to actually create our own entities like you talked about and to grow them out and make sure they have the resources that are necessary not to just be mom and pop shops, nothing wrong with that but we are looking to have actually powerful institutions that can actually help to move the needle, that can reframe the narrative, that can actually build generational wealth. 
Um, and that's why the accountability is so necessary in this moment. And so, uh, when we, again, uh, when, when I'm talking about uh, how we have to view um, this period as a reconstruction period, I think Omicongo, let's be honest, uh, is way too many people, black people and others, who have no idea what the hell I'm even talking about. Uh, in 2016, after the presidential election, I was uh, at an event in D.C., probably had about 150, 200 people there, three black people mostly white people in the room. When I mentioned the reconstruction, three hands went up, no, four hands went up. One white person and three black people. Yeah, no, no, no idea what the hell I was talking about. And, 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 and the reason I'm, I'm trying to frame this as the third reconstruction, because I need us to look at this moment in a much larger context and in a collective context. The reconstruction period the first one, again, 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments. Those were pa legislation passed on the federal level. The second Reconstruction, uh, people forget the comprehensive Civil Rights Bill that was presented to Congress, to President John F. Kennedy, uh, had everything in it. He gets assassinated. LBJ says, i got to break this thing up, which led to 64 Civil Rights Act, 65 Voting Rights Act, 68 Fair Housing Act. Uh, what I am saying right now is that this is not going to be a federal le legislation issue. It's not. This, this, this is a question of how do you break through the economic barriers? What I don't understand, again, what I don't understand, I, I get the fight for the For the People Act and the John Lewis Act. I get the fight for the George Floyd Justice Act. But I dare say this, I'm a Congo. I dare say white America ain't got no problem for us fighting for mass incarceration, for us fighting for voting rights. Oh, yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll listen to y'all on that one. But when you start talking about the money, different conversation. So, so I mean, here's what's crazy to me. Out of all these black groups, I have not heard a collective of them demand that this Congress and this White House change when it comes to the contracting. And we're getting 1.67%. We sat there and participated fighting for advertising contracts. Congressman Hank Johnson, letter signed by 34 CDC members, sent to President Joe Biden, calling for more of the money to go to black-owned businesses. Do you know what I didn't see? I didn't see the other civil rights organizations supporting that. Matter of fact, I don't even recall seeing most of them tweeting it. So I'm trying to figure out, well, what the hell are these groups fighting for? If, if you ain't fighting for us to get more than one billion, or if you're not fighting for us to get more of the overall 560 billion, then what the hell do they exist for? Oh, by the way, I don't recall seeing the National Baptist Convention USA do it. Hey, Dr. Jerry Young can't say he didn't know because he's on the text chain that I'm on. I sent it to him. I haven't seen the Progressive National Baptist Convention take a public stand on this issue. 
I haven't seen the fraternities and sororities take a stand on this very issue. And so I go back to what King said. Our institutions have not fully committed themselves to the liberation of black people because on issues like this, they have been silent. Absolutely. They, they lack the principles needed to be able to fully challenge these systems. They're too comfortable with crumbs when we're looking at talking about taking over the, the, the whole table or the whole community. I mean, what are you actually here for? We have a situation right now where when you look at what's happening with our schools in, in our neighborhoods, they're, they're, they're crumbling, they're getting worse. When you look at the wealth gap that our brother Mustafa talked about earlier, it, it, it's getting worse. So really, at the end of the day, you got a grant to do a, a program in the summer or a grant to maybe do something he, here and there. But if you as an organization, and you called them all out, Roland, and they have no excuse to say that they don't know what we're talking about because you call them out online every day, you know, every time they, they, they're not acting right. And so what we have to do is we also have to challenge the members of these organizations to demand more. But one of the things you said earlier at the start of this particular part when you came back to me was you talked about how people didn't even know what reconstruction was. One of the challenges is that we are not grounded in our history like other cultures are, like other groups are. So when things happen to us, like a George Floyd and, and situations like that, we respond to so many issues, voting rights issues. We respond to so many of these issues like they're happening for the first time. And so when we haven't learned the collective history of the culture, we haven't learned what happened to get those civil rights um, uh, amendments passed in the first Reconstruction and then what happened in the second Reconstruction, we act like we're starting from scratch. But the leaders of our organizations know this, and they're taking advantage of the ignorance of our members, they're taking advantage of the ignorance of our community, and they're taking advantage, unfortunately, of these major moments that happen, like a George Floyd. They can get excited in those moments, but they don't get focused on the movement. So they can talk about the need for political power, but if we don't tie it to the economic power, we're never going to get what we need. And so we also need to target the members of those organizations to call on their leaders, because I believe that if the people lead in those organizations, then the leaders will follow. And that's why we need the Roland Martin Show. That's why we need all of the work that everyone on this panel is doing to reach out to our own people to make them demand more from our so-called leaders, because it's not going to come from anybody else but us. The the thing um, the thing that jumps out at me here uh, as we discuss this issue, um, Teresa, it, it, again, it, it goes to. What is the point of having numbers if you don't flex them? And how are we then, how are we then moving and moving our people to act to then begin to change our condition? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we always went along with the term there's strength in numbers, but if we don't utilize our numbers to the full potential in order to get things done, then it was pointless to even creating those numbers to be even a part of the organization. So I think leaders and those that are in leadership have to really redefine what it looks like when we are asking people to get excited to be a, a, a part of a, a national or local organization. 
because there's no excitement. And the ignorance, you know, as we talk about, you know, some of the historical issues that has happened um, with black and brown communities, um, we are missing the ball when it comes to providing that history, right? We know the uh, NAACP, National Urban League, and, and many others started in the, the same eras where black and brown uh, people were not only being displaced, but we were, you know, having civil rights issues, we were having criminal justice issues, we were having so many issues, but guess what? Through every issue, we were able to have the strength in numbers. We were able to have a guiding light into the the, the portion of um, what we can now call, you know, what Juneteenth looks like, right? As we celebrate our second year as a federal holiday um, for the uh, enslavement, freedom of enslavement of, of our people. So I think there's so many things that, you know, when we look at leadership and how leadership is giving us the education that is necessary um, to, to live on with the guiding principles that needs to be given. But again, all these talks um, that we're having, it comes down to a fundamental idea. How are we making sure that the next generation understands our history, understands the purpose, and understand where the movement should be going? But if that education is not given or if it's not received, then we will continuously have these awkward conversations being these unwillingness positions where we have to try to figure out a way out. And again, it, it's, it's just hard. When we don't support one another, when we're not uh, financially stable to support one another, it's hard to talk about you know, what freedom actually looks like because you don't, you don't know what it looks like yourself. So we have to not only just be in the position of the in the room to know where our 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 voice ne is necessary to be heard. We no longer can be in the room where it's only two black people and say it's okay, right? I'll be that diversity card. I'll take you know the crumbs and give it to a nonprofit organization. We have to do more. But strength in numbers does not mean the membership that we're given to organizations that is supposed to be our voice on these issues, it also means you take it back with you while you're at work and ensure that you are not the only one at the table. I dare say, Mustafa, that from an organizational standpoint, and I've actually said this uh, to the Alphas, to the AKs, to the Deltas, uh, directly, and speaking at their conventions, but also said it publicly, that part of the problem, I think, with many of our organizations, we're operating insular, meaning we spend significant amounts of time on internal business, uh, but not actually uh, going outside of our organization to say, what are the broader issues? And again, how are we leveraging our numbers to be able to change the conditions of our community? Without a doubt. You know, look at, you know, our set of organizations, opportunities and sororities, you know, our civic organizations, the reality of the situation is if you really unpack, they're not talking about building wealth. If you want to get people excited, then give some real distinct sets of goals on how we're going to build wealth inside of our community. What are the steps that are going to be necessary to make that happen? Uh, and then folks can galvanize around that. And it's not like you have to come up with a new uh, paradigm. Oh, uh, I think I think Mustafa. I think... 
I think we're losing your audio, Mustafa. So go ahead, make uh, make that point again. I think we're losing your audio. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, the, the way that you named the, your network, the Black Star Network, going back to Marcus Garvey, you know, it gave us a blueprint for how to excite our own people, how to make sure that folks who don't have a whole lot have a set of goals about how they could actually change dynamics in their communities, how they could build wealth. So if we had our organizations who had a similar mindset, we could actually energize folks. And then we could make sure they have the right education and the right access uh, to the leverage to make sure the real change is actually happening. If you don't do that, then you just have organizations that are nibbling away at the edges. It is about wealth. It is about us being much stronger economically so that we can address all these other social justice issues that are, are important, but we got to have the resources to make it happen. All right, then, uh, folks, hold tight one second. Uh, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll talk with uh, the uh, president of Bennett College. Uh, we're here, of course, at the UNCF uh, Unite 2022 Summit uh, for a pub black, a public black higher education. And so uh, in a moment, uh, we'll take a shot of the room there. They're about to have their table talks uh, uh, session where they'll be uh, communicating and chatting with one another, talking about best practices and things along those lines. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network live in Atlanta. We'll be right back. Verizon just gave us all a brand new iPhone 13. We've been customers for years. I thought new phones were for new customers. We got iPhone 13s too, switched to Verizon two minutes ago. Ours were busted, and we still got a shiny new one. Check it out. So wait, everybody gets the same great deal. I think that's the point. iPhone 13 on us for every customer. Current, new, everyone on any unlimited plan, starting at just $35. All on the network more people rely on. On the next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie, we're talking all things mental health and how helping others can help you. We all have moments where we have struggles. And on this week's show, our guests demonstrate how helping others can also help you. Why you should never stop giving and serving others. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. 
will be a match, I promise. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. On a next A Balanced Life here on Black Star Network. Love our new Alexa. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built. America. From the Mississippi Delta to the Apache Stronghold. From the homeless encampments of Washington State to the coal fields of Appalachia of West Virginia. We are the 140 million poor and low wealth people in this country. And we are building the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. On June 18th, ahead of this year's midterm elections, while the Congress is still in session, we will hold a mass poor people's and low-wage workers assembly and moral march on Washington to arrest the attention of the nation, to put a face and a voice on poverty and low wages in this country. This is a watershed moment for justice and democracy in America. There are those who say that transformative change is impossible, but history teaches us that it is precisely in times like these that people must build a broad and deep movement from the bottom up. We must compel this nation to repent, to lament, and to see the realities that have been hidden for far too long. On June 18th, we will come together to lift the voices of the poor and low-wage workers who know that change is not only possible, it is essential for our survival. We will make the connections to show how systemic racism, poverty, ecological devastation, the denial of health care, the war economy, and the false moral narrative of religious nationalism and white supremacy are hurting us all. We will show the nation the faces of Americans who cannot afford to go back to normal. We will detail the policies that can move us toward a society that works for everyone. And we will pledge to go home and build power for transformative change in this year's election and for years to come. 
Because the question should have never been, how much will it cost to address poverty? The real question is, how much is it costing us not to? Somebody's been hurting our people. It's gone on far too long. And we won't be silent or unseen anymore. Join us in D.C. on June 18th. Build with us for a third reconstruction in America. Visit poorpeoplescampaign.org. Time to be smart. Roland Martin's doing this every day. Thank you, Roland Martin, for always giving voice to the issues. Look for Roland Martin in the whirlwind, to quote Marcus Garvey again. The video looks phenomenal, so I'm really excited to see it on my big screen. Support this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. I got to defer to the brilliance of Dr. Carr and to the brilliance of the Black Star Network. I am rolling with Roland all the way. Honored to be on a show that you own, a Black man. <laughs> owns the show. Folks, Black Star Network is here. I'm real uh, revolutionary right now. Wow. Roland was amazing on that. Stay black. I love y'all. I can't commend you enough about this platform that you've created for us to be able to share who we are, what we're doing in the world, and the impact that we're having. Let's be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You can't be black on media and be scared. You dig? impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking, one of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology, find new roads, Chevrolet. Hi, I'm Kim Burrell. Hi, I'm Carl Painting. Hey everybody, this is Sherry Shepard. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Folks, we're here in Atlanta, and in a few moments, we're going to be having their um, table talks. Uh, again, uh, UNCF leaders, uh, HBC leaders from all across the country are gathering here in Atlanta for uh, their conference, now back in person after uh, two years uh, of COVID. So uh, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. And of course, uh, folks, uh, if you're watching Facebook and YouTube, be sure to uh, hit the like button, share button uh, with others uh, to, uh, to share it with them with what we are doing. Uh, we've been talking to various HBCU presidents uh, all week about how they have been dealing with the realities uh, of COVID on their campuses, but also uh, what we have seen is a renewed interest uh, in HBCUs. Many of you may have seen the New York Times story uh, on Sunday that was new to the New York Times. We've been telling y'all this for the last, uh, oh, I don't know what, nine years. Uh, so uh, I'm glad mainstream media, white media finally woke up and realized what we always knew. Uh, and so uh, now, now, now they understand what we've been talking about 
Uh, and so uh, we'll deal with that. And of course, you know, some black people out there, they need white validation. So now the New York Times has said it. Now they realize it's important. Uh, so let's talk about uh, these issues. Uh, president of uh, Bennett College, Dr. Suzanne Walsh, she joins us uh, right here. Uh, looking mighty colorful. Uh, and also from Tougaloo, uh, Dr. Carmen Walters. Glad to have you here as well. Uh, glad to have both of you here. So let's let's uh, let's deal deal with this first off. Uh, in terms of um, uh, students are now back on campus. Uh, it was a whole, it was a lot of drama for so many places in 2020 and 2021. Um, but what adjustments have you had to make uh, with this new reality, not just from a student perspective, but also from a faculty and staff perspective, because COVID is still with us. It is still a reality. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Oh, so we did a couple of things at Bennett College. Number one, we actually blew up the semester model. So the semester is traditionally 16 weeks. That's a lot of time to take five or six classes for 16 weeks. And so what we saw was students were dropping out or stopping out midway through. And so we blew it up and said, what would happen if we actually did this in a different way? So now every semester, it's still six, there's 16 weeks to a semester, but now students come in and they do two weeks, they, we call them mini-mesters. They do two weeks where they take a special topics class, and then they do two seven-week um, sessions where they take two classes at a time. Same number of classes, but it reduced cognitive load. That's really important during COVID because we know the mental health issues that we're seeing with our students. Turns out it also reduced cognitive load for faculty. They're not teaching four classes at a time. So I think that was really one of our most significant changes that we made was to just blow up the model and say, what can we do to support the mental health and well-being of our students? Uh, I'm sure that was jarring to some people, uh, blowing that model up. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to hear uh, what Bennett did. I think that's really thinking outside of the box. Um, Tougaloo being a historic college of 152 years, you know, sending kids home to study at home and teach online, it's just not what we do. So we really had to go back to the drawing board, educate our faculty on how to do that. How do we still keep that touch, but teach online, but also help our students through that. So mental health became a huge, huge thing mm -hmm. for us. So we hired a mental health counselor. We have a service where they can get mental health online. Students have an app on their phone if they want to have access to mental health. So those are some of the changes we made. But one of the things we decided to do was just bring students back and educate them on how to live through a pandemic. And we engage them in the plan and ask them to help us write the plan, design the plan. We have uh, doctors who are graduates of Tougaloo that are part of our advisory council. And so we gradually brought students back and now we're in full full swing, but we're still using all of those other models where they can have hybrid classes, online classes, they can come in and sit, have the online class while they live in the residence hall because students want to be on the yard. So we have these models that now are, are working for us and we feel like we'll use them continuously going into the future. So when you talk about blowing this thing up, I, I, I've never understood, um, first of all, I hate rules. Uh, I hate most systems, um, and and I've never understood uh, this reluctance uh, to change. And I think and I've said this to other presidents as well. I think a, a significant silver lining 
um, with COVID is it forced many institutions, not just HBCUs, but black churches and other organizations and even non-black to get out of their usual uh, ways and realize that you don't have to keep doing the same thing the same way. Uh, I remember being uh, in college uh, fighting with professors who thought it was just sort of this one way, and I was kind of like, nah, it's not. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I actually, I was talking with, with, with some friends of mine, and we were talking about when I, was, I said that I essentially created my own media curriculum mm-hmm. when I was there because what, I, what was actually being taught was insufficient. Mm-hmm. So my whole, and I remember getting to a fight with a professor because uh, he thought I wasn't applying myself. And I literally had to tell him, I was like, I said, I'm, I said, dude, seriously, this class don't mean nothing to me. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm here for a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. I'm here to get a sheet of paper and get a job. Mm-hmm. I got job offers right now. I said, so, I said, if I really have a choice between your class and killing myself, I said, mm-hmm. and I'm working at a newspaper, I'm going to put all of my efforts into that newspaper because that's what my career is. I can read your stuff when I graduate. And I literally told him, I don't need an A or B or a C. I said, I'm literally not about to apply myself to your class, I said, because this is far more important. Now, he didn't like it, but in the first year and a half I was in the business, I got promoted three times from two different organizations, and by 25 I was the news director of Morning Yankee Radio Station. I knew what the hell I was talking about. And I think, and I think what, 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 what people leaders should be doing is thinking differently. So when you mention in the classroom, why do, if, if I can go to class and I'm still sitting in the residence hall, I, why do I have to physically go? If I have that option and the flexibility, then you are allowing different students to learn different ways and not, no, no, you have to be physically here to do these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Now, how has your faculty dealt with that? Well, so it's exciting because I gave them, I thought I gave them all summer to make these changes because everyone had to change their syllabi because of this blowing up the system. I thought I gave them all summer, but the faculty senate president said, no, I gave them a month. And so we spent... And so uh, we spent our CARES Act money because we knew we would be virtual that year. We spent our CARES Act money on um, supporting faculty development, professional development, to help them to change their syllabi, to help them adjust to teaching in a virtual environment. And I, you know, I think that this this issue about how do we offer different modalities for students is critical. That year that we were virtual, also a 150-year-old institution, Bennett College always residential, really pride ourselves on that experience. But we had a group of women show up who were fresh women who had never set foot on Bennett's campus because they couldn't even have a tour. So what I said was I wanted to spend that year saying, can you still be a Bennett Bell if you have never set foot on the campus? Because we pride ourselves in the community and, and those sorts of things. So midway through that that first year, their first year, um, they were playing video games, and I invited myself to play video games uh, because because I'm a gamer. But anyway, it's all good. So anyway, in the middle, so it was the middle of the year. But this is important because it was an activity they organized for themselves virtually. And so it wasn't for me. And when I was playing with them, what I noticed was they were making connections. They had a sisterhood that if I hadn't known that they had never met in person, I would have thought, oh, you were roommates. Oh, you were sweetmates. So I think one of the things we did well was we said, 
you can still be a Bennett Bell, even if you've never set foot on campus. Right. We can still create culture. Those same young women this year as sophomores, this past year as sophomores, volunteered to do orientation. They were the orientation leaders. What are you orienting? You don't even know. But I think that says a lot about where we are as HBCUs, is we are evolving out of everything has to happen on the quad or the yard. Right. We can create the virtual quad, the virtual yard. Well, it, so when I, so I guess it was in September, I, I talked to the alumni at South Carolina State, um, the new president, interim president, and so it was virtual speech, and while so, uh, and they didn't realize that. First of all, I do this all the time, where I can speak and I can be looking on my iPad and everything. So while I'm speaking, I'm looking at them in the chat room, and and many of these many of these graduates were talking about having a you know refurbished building, get people back to campus, and I, I was like, stop. I said, can y'all? I said, first of all, I didn't have to do me a favor. I said, could y'all alumni get the hell out of the administration's way? I said. Y'all ain't got no business discussing any of this stuff. I said, that's their job. So let's deal with that first. I said, because y'all are trying to create a South Carolina state when you were there. I said, well, you have a whole generation that was that, is, that has been born in a social media world, in a technology world, where they are two and three years old and already working iPads and PDAs. I said, so you have no idea, I said, what that is like. So if, you're, if you've gone through 18 years of that's, that's how you've grown up, you're at a completely different view in terms, of, in terms of technology. But I hit them with something they never thought about. I said, how many, cha I said, how many alumni chapters do y'all have? And I think they said 39. I said, so I'm curious. Why aren't you creating opportunities if there's a student in your city who's going to your school online why aren't you connecting with them with your alumni chapter? And they were all like, what's for alumni? I'm like, no. You are an extension of your university, so you can, cre so you can create your South Carolina State experience through your alumni chapter for somebody who's not physically there. I said, you have, I said, if, if you do not start thinking about this in a different way, you are going to lose out on the school that does. You know, I, I just have to say, um, Roland, when you were talking about your response to your um, faculty member, it just reminded me of my first year of COVID at Tougaloo because my SGA president was sort of like you saying to me, no, ma'am. You're not going to write a plan that we don't have a say in because you're deciding if we are going to do this. And so we need to be at the table. And when he first said that to me, I was sort of like their faculty member, kind of like, wait, what? Y'all really want to say in this? And that is the Tougaloo model. You know, Tougaloo students, I mean, we're looking at the congressman right now. And what is he doing? Fighting for democracy. Congressman Benny Thompson. Con congressman Benny Thompson. So that is what we do. Derek Johnson, our alum, who talks about how he protested uh, at Tougaloo and protested the president at Tougaloo. So my, my SGA was all over me. They're like, you're not doing this without us. We're going to be engaged. Alumni was engaged. So I was having these town hall meetings on Zoom with students, SGA, alumni, everybody talking about what this environment should look like because it was new to all of us. And it was a growth opportunity for me 
to see that I had leaders right around me, so much so I'd get on in my desk and I'd have my eagle, you know, the Tougaloo Eagles, the Eagle Queen, and the students started texting me because all my students have my cell number at the college. They're like, Madam President, you need a new eagle. <laughs> that eagle's old. <laughs> Lose the eagle. So having the student voice mm -hmm. is what came out of this for me when I was doing. People ask, what did your students learn? I talk about what I learned. Mm -hmm. I learned that my students were way more engaged in this process, and they understood what was happening, and they were not going to be left behind, and they were going to still have the same experience of being, of having those touches. And when faculty didn't respond to email, they were letting me know, and right. letting the provost know, look, I've emailed him twice. He hasn't responded. So I think that was some of the best things that came out of uh, of COVID for me to understand what where is, are my students' voices today? Not the future, but right now. So I think it's this notion of disruptors mm -hmm. uh, is, is what's important. Uh, and 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 when and, and, and look, so I've I've this is the, this is my 13th black media experience, and so when I've run other black newspapers. Uh, that 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 was my whole deal. It was like no, in ter terms of literally coming in and completely and, and disrupting. And the thing that I said was, I said, look, if y'all would do the hell y'all were doing, I wouldn't be here. I said, so clearly I'm here for a reason because you know the hell y'all were doing. And folk could not handle that. And, and the reason I can identify with HBCUs because literally the conversations I have with HBCUs president are no different than the ones that I have with black newspapers. These, these are these are traditional black institutions that many have been stuck in their ways and ha saw a decline a declining uh, status and then they now had to figure out how do I can now compete in a whole new uh, world uh, that has totally changed and I can't just say woe is me we don't have the money we don't know what we're gonna do God, fine you either gonna live or you're gonna die so you got to figure out which one of those you're gonna do. And so the complaints were often the same, and and, and the thing. So the so the thing for me is that having a thinking of, of of having others who are disruptors as well, whereas you can't be the only one. And so what? So when it comes to Bennett, y'all were in a situation where you almost lost your accreditation. There was this massive fundraising campaign; it exceeded uh, even what they were they were seeking. So how have you? brought other disruptors along with you to now get people to understand that it's not just you. You you cannot continue saying that the Bennett of yesterday is the one that's going to be the Bennett for tomorrow. Oh, the, the, absolutely. And and my predecessor was the one who did the amazing fundraising. Mm -hmm. I uh, had, had on yeah. the show several times. <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly. So I, I'm push, always like pushing that issue. Yes, yes, so, yes. so thank you. And they and you know, and thank you to everybody who invested in Bennett at that time. That allowed us to stabilize. It also gave us an opportunity though to say we're not going to waste a crisis. Um, and so the opportunity that I had coming in was to say what can I do to stabilize? Can I stabilize? Mm -hmm. And uh, and basically underlying all of that is is the notion that we can't keep doing the things the way we've been doing it because it hasn't worked. And so I think there are a couple of things. One is it is important to hire really other disruptors. Uh, and it's, support, it's also important to attract students who are equally disruptive. Right. Because we say that we're a student-led campus, like students. Absolutely. 
same same exact scenario. You know, students are saying this is what we want, this is what we're interested in. And I think that's really important. And hiring different leadership who are right there with us to also say, Oh, did you say we're gonna blow some stuff up? Oh, I'm in. But right. we can't hire the people who are like, I have a vision that dates back to eighteenth century. No, no, no. no. When, I, when I was a general manager uh at the Chicago Defender. It was very interesting because we were so when when I became a general manager, now I'm over the whole newspaper. So I called a sales team. I said, I said, what's your pitch when you go sell? And I had each one of them go around, and literally, they all started with Chicago Defender. We were founded in 190, and we did the, and, and the Great Migration. And I was sitting and I said, "Yup, that's your pitch." I said, "Your pitch is literally how old we are." I said, "That's about the dumbest pitch I've heard in my life." I said, "I wouldn't give you no money." And, and, and it was, and they were so locked on that. I said, you literally are talking about 100 years ago. That ain't the way you start the conversation. And it was, and it was hard for them to get out of that. I said, well, I see why we broke. I said, I see why you can't go out and actually raise money. And, it, and, and I had to force them to operate in the present. Yes, include the past. I said, but, but you're selling the present. You ain't selling with Robert Aberdeen in 05. Well, could I comment on that? Because I, I think this is really important. My first set of interviews, mostly people would say, what, what do you know coming from Seattle, coming to the South? Like, what, what are you doing? Um, and, and what I think is interesting is I said to a number of people, what I think I bring that's different is a, is a vision for the future. Like, we're future obsessed on the West Coast. Almost to a fall, we'll tear down a building in a Right, heartbeat. right. But it's you compare and contrast that to um, a focus that is only on the past. And so people kept saying to me, you have to save Bennett, you have to save it. And I said, but that makes us sound like a museum piece. And you should just put a, like a glass dome or, over or us. Or what I say, we're in a constant state of surviving. That's right. We should be having thriving conversations. That's right. And That's so, exactly. Yeah. That's right. And so what conversation can you have with me about where we are today, why right. you need our students today, and why you need our future students. So I really try to bring sort of that Afrofuturism or African futurism perspective, which is about, oh, we understand our ancestors. Right. We understand where we came from, right. but it is very much forward-looking. And I think that's really the space we have to operate in, is that kind of Afrofuturist or African futurist space, because we're not going to throw away history. Right. We, we're not. I mean, but, but also, it ain't right. going nowhere. That's right. That's right. It ain't going nowhere. Right. So you, you were real nice. See, I wasn't that nice. They were like, why are you here? I like, because y'all ain't made money in 20 years. I said, so y'all want to stay broke? And they were kind of like, well, damn. I mean, I, I mean, I had people who were picketing me, and I was, they were like, I don't know who you think you're from Texas. I said, well, clearly y'all in Chicago couldn't figure this out. You ain't made no money in 20 years. I said, so you had to come to go to Texas to do it. And it was like, I had to be hardcore with it, because they, they, what they were, I'm telling you, it's, I, I know, I know what y'all go through because they, they try you. You ain't from here. You don't know our ways. And I was like, I don't, but I know y'all broke. I'm like, so what we want to do? And so yeah. that, that whole deal, oh, you don't, because I'm sure you don't know the Tougaloo way. So, so did you graduate from Tougaloo? No, I see, graduated from Xavier Southern and Mississippi State. See, well, so luckily, was it, luckily you went to two of because if you were like a, a non-HBCU, they really get extra. See, you, so I, and I guarantee you, you heard that, huh? Oh, I still hear it. Oh, you ain't one of us. You don't know us. And you kind of like, yeah, but I'm here. 
it's just I just think that that's where the disruptor comes in. That we we, we cannot hold on to that to that old model. Sure, sure. So you say you're thriving. How are you thriving at Tougaloo? Yeah. So you know, one of the things we talk about at Tougaloo is what is our path to excellence, and we you know. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play people use the word change and i hardly rarely use the word change because people run from that word my thing is how do we find our path to excellence and how do we stay on that path and in order to do that you may have to change but people have to come to that conclusion based on the model you present 
So I think we're thriving because we have really, after George Floyd's murder, able to really come back to something that was very old for right. Tougaloo, but make it new again, which was social justice. It's the red thread for us. And so we launched our social justice center and used that as an impetus to grow dollars and grow enrollment, because we are angry. We are angry about what's happening in America to our young African-American men and women. Mm -hmm. We are angry about the, the model that we have where people can't get employment. We are angry about the way we cannot have equal health care. So how do we change that? We educate people and we make them li live out their anger through changing uh, policy, changing organizations, mm -hmm. disrupting, as you said. So we are thriving in that and we've put a lot of dollars behind that to make sure that that message never dies and that we be, remain futuristic around things that matter. And so I, I feel like we're thriving. All right. Well, sounds great. I would on, on the social justice piece, what I always add is to make sure that we also add black economic social black justice economic because social justice. because Absolutely. social justice and economic social justice are two different and things. That's why we started a business program after George Floyd because we only had economics. But we need students to understand how to own your own and how to do it yourself and partner with people like you and others. That's why our students were hopeful was on your event, on your show, because we want them to understand they are the entrepreneurs of today, yeah. right now. And so, yes, that business model right. is very important. All right. Well, cool. Well, certainly, congratulations. And I look so. I've, I've said it, so I've probably now been to about 65 HBCUs, have not been to y'all campuses, so just letting you know. You're coming. And, and, and I got a, and I have a rule, I have a rule. Uh -uh. I only wear HBCU gear on Roller Martin Unfiltered where I visited. Don't nobody get freebies, so I'm just letting y'all know. Well, not only so, are you coming, we emailed about a partnership today. I got you. So, 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 oh, so I got so you. We, we on. Look oh. at her, she's like, oh. Yeah, okay. she wanna know what that is. All you gotta do is email okay. brother, I'm just saying. I, I have taken several notes. I will be emailing. Like, You're come on Look, up. one of your come predecessors used to always call me, it was like when, when students had, I can tell you the call I got from Julianne Malvo. I need to come on your radio show, Roland. We need to raise $30,000, keep these girls in school. Absolutely. Can I come on the show? I was like, Absolutely. all right, Julianne, you come on. Absolutely. So, That's so, how we roll. So trust That's me, right. I've gotten Look, those calls for, for Benny. Yeah. Trust me, I've gotten those calls before. I love it. Well, come to campus. Come I visit. All you are invited, brother. So, okay. you know, like I say, we, we do that thing. We, I turn out graduations. We do yes, all that. Do. So. So he hasn't told you that oh. we were dancing at Essence together, watching what? Maze, and then he oh, pulled I, Mike on me because they called him up to the stage. Hey, so I, I hey, had to what? Stay on the hey, oh I, no, I, my bad. Oh hey, no, hey, oh hey, no, I hey. cannot have. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, they called him. Come on up, I'm just saying. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that happens to a brother. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, but now we just, no. Ask Gramlin what happened when I did that graduation. Oh, I turned that joint out. Well, they okay. playing all that boring uh, graduation music. Mm -mm. I was like, I need y'all. Y'all need to quit. What y'all play? We have African drums. No, the no, whole I, time. no, I need the band there. No, no. no. We don't, you know, we're, we're small. We don't have a band. but Y'all ain't got no band? We have African Y'all can have like a small, y'all ain't got like a quartet? <laughs> 
Y'all ain't got. We have an orchestra. I was. Oh no! Uh -uh. See right. See right there. Right there. Every time I do one of them commencements, they had a little orchestra. I, I tell. Hey, hey y'all got to play some black no, school music. Y'all you, 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 can't be playing that orchestra you music. All in your African attire. Oh no! You I got gotcha. you. Well, at least y'all have a choir there. Oh yes, of course. Now what you got? One of them choral choirs? No, we have we have the largest choir in the history of Tuvalu right now. No, 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 no. But do y'all have one of them choral choirs at your graduation? They sing church. They sing gospel. They sing That's it. whatever right. you okay. want. All right. Whatever Lane, you want. Lane tried that. <laughs> Lane had that. Lane had that choral choir. No, our choir we rock. I now. got that. Said, hey, I need some black church music, so oh, y'all yeah, don't have to get, sing a song. You're gonna get some black church oh, music. Oh, look, I, look, I will wreck a graduation. I said, I need to hear some black stuff. <laughs> that choral stuff ain't gonna work. Well, let me tell you what we do with our graduation oh speakers. God. What's that? We ask them to invest in the institution by allowing us to work with them to raise $50,000 for an endowment in their name. So that, that students, once you leave, get scholarship dollars off of your endowment. The first person mm -hmm. who said yes to that was Attorney General, uh, Attorney General um, Eric, Holder. Eric Holder. He was the first person to say yes. So we have a well, 50,000. He, he raised 50, he so gave 50. He gave 10 and raised the other gotcha. part. But he gave the 10. He gave the 10, wrote a check it out, cleared. gave it to me. Yes, it cleared. All right, so you know. <laughs> I, I love call that. Him stealing sure. that idea. Yes, it cleared. I can check, you know, because, you know, I'll let his book sign last week. Just make sure he's checked yes. here. Yes, if that's the way for you to tie yourself forever to the college, to leave a legacy. And so we just. You can tie yourself and leave, leave, a, a, leave a legacy. Leave a legacy. She like, no, you can leave some money. That's, uh, <laughs> see, y'all, y'all see how strong I'm, take, I'm taking so many notes. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a wonderful way, though, for uh, students I to love say, that. I'm here going to school on Roland Martin scholarship. Mm. Look at that. Well, that's why I started one of my high school. That's true. So that's I, right. I, at my high school, I, I created a $25,000 fund. So absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, okay. I appreciate the good chatting with y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you good well. luck uh, in the Thank future. You. When we come back, we're going to talk with uh, a dad, a Poor People's Campaign, of course, taking place on Saturday. They're marching in D.C. And we'll talk with one of the uh, affected workers uh, about Poor People's Campaign next on Roland Martin Unfooked on the Black Star Network. Don't forget to download the Black Star Network app, all platforms, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, uh, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, uh, Xbox, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. And, of course, you can join our Bring the Funk fan club where your dollars go to support the show. Check in money orders. Go to P.O. Box uh, 57196, Washington, DC 20037-0196 Cash App Dollar Sign RM Unfiltered PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered Venmo is RM Unfiltered Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com I know how to raise money uh, so uh, y'all uh, we'll be right back from the UNCF Unite uh, 2022 uh, Summit of Black Higher Education from Atlanta back in a moment See you. love our new Alexa it's a Buick yeah Alexa Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built in. A powerful movement is rising across America. From the Mississippi Delta to the Apache Stronghold. From the homeless encampments of Washington State to the coal fields of Appalachia of West Virginia. We are the 140 million poor and low wealth people in this country. And we are building the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. On June 18th, ahead of this year's midterm elections, while the Congress is still in session, 
We will hold a mass poor people's and low wage workers assembly and moral march on Washington to arrest the attention of the nation, to put a face and a voice on poverty and low wages in this country. This is a watershed moment for justice and democracy in America. There are those who say that transformative change is impossible, but history teaches us that it is precisely in times like these that people must build a broad and deep movement from the bottom up. We must compel this nation to repent, to lament, and to see the realities that have been hidden for far too long. On June 18th, we will come together to lift the voices of the poor and low-wage workers who know that change is not only possible, it is essential for our survival. We will make the connections to show how systemic racism, poverty, ecological devastation, the denial of health care, the war economy, and the false moral narrative of religious nationalism and white supremacy are hurting us all. We will show the nation the faces of Americans who cannot afford to go back to normal. We will detail the policies that can move us toward a society that works for everyone. And we will pledge to go home and build power for transformative change in this year's election and for years to come. Because the question should have never been, how much will it cost to address poverty? The real question is, how much is it costing us not to? Somebody's been hurting our people. It's gone on far too long. And we won't be silent or unseen anymore. Join us in D.C. on June 18th. Build with us for a third reconstruction in America. Visit poorpeoplescampaign.org. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking, one of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology, find new roads, Chevrolet. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, you'll hear from Elizabeth Davis. She left a flourishing career in the construction industry to build her own business using her same skill set. And oh, by the way, now a multi-million dollar business. Every day I was looking at my numbers rather than looking at them weekly or, or monthly. Um, when you're first starting your business, my recommendation is look at your numbers every day because are they balancing out each day? If they're not balancing out for three days in a row, that means your week is going to be off. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. This is Judge Math. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mac Wiles, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. We're back uh, here in Atlanta for the UNCF 
uh, Unite uh, Conference, the UNC Summit for Black Higher Education. They're having their table talks uh, discussion uh, as we speak. Uh, on Saturday, we're going to be in the nation's capital with uh, the Poor People's Campaign for their uh, mass march. They have been working over the last uh, few months, traveling around the country, mobilizing and organizing people uh, in various cities. Uh, you name it, large cities, small cities, rural cities, uh, major cities. These things have been happening all across the country. The focus has really been uh, to get President Joe Biden, to get this Congress, uh, to understand the plight of the poor, those who are uh, affected uh, by uh, this economy, uh, 140 million low-income workers. When you look at uh, the wealth gap in this country, when you look at uh, what has changed and how so much of the focus uh, has been on the rich, the middle class, but what about the working class? Jose Vasquez uh, is one of those courageous activists who's been on the front line. He's a disabled veteran, co-founder of Common Defense, uh, vocal about the economy as well. He joins us from New York City. Jose, glad to have you here. Um, the, the, the thing that, that is driving me crazy uh, is, I, which I don't understand, why this president and his administration refuses to sit down with Reverend Barber, Reverend Liz Theo Harris, and low-income uh, affected workers. Um, and, and why this White House won't have uh, a summit uh, on the poor. Uh, there is this infatuation in America by politicians with the middle class, the middle class, the middle class, the middle class. But when you look at the millions of people, upwards of 140 million, who are classified as low-wage workers or poor, that is a huge constituency that keeps getting ignored by policymakers. Yes, sir. Well, thank you, Roland, for having me on uh, today. And I think as the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for more revival has been calling for since 2018 when it first launched. Uh, it requires moral courage on the part of our politicians to, number one, acknowledge the 140 million, uh, you know, poor, low-income folks across the country, uh, but also to prioritize the needs of those people over things like the war economy. We always seem to have resources when it's time to go to war, but when we want to ensure that our people have access to things like healthcare and housing and education, there's no reason that a country like ours, one of the richest countries in the world, that we cannot provide for all of our people. I think it's a question of priorities and a question of ensuring that we take the resources that we are able to garner in this country through taxes and put our people first. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing that j just jumps out uh, at me on this um, is, is when I listen to these so-called Christian conservatives talk about Jesus and faith Yet, I blasted Ralph Reed one year saying, how in the hell you got a faith and freedom conference uh, and it's supposedly a religious conference? I said, but the poor ain't mentioned nowhere. I said, so which Bible are y'all actually reading at y'all conference where y'all discussing everything but poor people? Yes, sir. I, I think that uh, as, as Bishop Barber often talks about, there is a false moral narrative out there that sort of, in many ways, it's our society against the needs of the poor. 
But if you read the Bible, what Jesus was all about was lifting up the poor and holding those in power accountable to the, the, the needs that people have on a, on a daily basis. And so I think that, you know, again, it's, it's not a question of scarcity. It's about uh, setting the right priorities. And I think we see that in our, in our budget from year to year that we often will take away from the needs of people uh, to ensure that they are housed and fed and, and have the right education. I have, I have two young sons. Uh, you know, one is in school and, and one is on his way. And, and, and so I, I think about these things. Uh, so as a veteran, you know, there are many, many homeless veterans across the nation, uh, and there's just no no excuse for that, really. Uh, we should be putting the needs of our people first. I think there are uh, elected officials in Congress who get it and who do prioritize the needs, and I, I think we need to continue that momentum. Questions for my panel. Mustafa, you first. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. You know, uh, as we finish up on Saturday, what are the next set of steps that um, that we're going to move forward with to make sure that this real change happens? Thanks for that question, Mustafa. Yeah, I think the uh, it's it's important to to maintain uh, the the energy that comes out of a mobilization like this. But uh, as an organizer myself, I understand that mobilizations happen. Uh, and it's a, it's a high point. It's sort of a, a place where you get a, a large focus of energy. But really, the day-to-day -day work of organizing is to continue to take this policy agenda that the Poor People's Campaign has developed and, you know, just be relentless about how we continue to push this agenda to keep our elected officials accountable, to ensure that poor people go to the polls uh, so that we can actually have the kind of leadership we need in Congress and across all uh, seats of government in order to uh, put the people first. Teresa? Yes, thank you so much for this initiative. Um, honestly, I wish I was around um, in Philly. Um, but um, what can we do in terms of, uh, you know, making sure that we are supporting your efforts if we're not there? Um, can people financially support? Can we, you know, do a survey? What is our call of action for those who can't participate physically? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so there's a couple of things. First, I am part of an organization called Common Defense. We're a national progressive veterans organization. You can find us at commondefense.us. We are a proud uh, sponsor of the Poor People's Campaign. And if folks want to support the Poor People's Campaign, you can go to poorpeoplescampaign.org uh, slash June 18 and find all the information about this particular mobilization, but also plug into a wide network across the United States. There are uh, organizing committees in at least 40 states across the country if folks want to get involved in this work. If people are facing economic hardship, the Poor People's Campaign is a, pace, is a place for folks to connect with other people who are facing similar issues and learn how to uh, approach uh, elected officials, but also to be part of a community. All facing a wide range of challenges in this country, we you know, we're still in the in the middle of a pandemic. We've just been through you know two major wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. There's so much facing this country: climate crisis, you, you name it. And I think the Poor People's Campaign. What what we're so excited about in, in terms of being involved with the Poor People's Campaign is that they're bringing all of those strands of of movement uh, and and all of these issues together. But not only uh, stopping there, but but. Uh, putting forward solutions, right, and and uh, 
lifting up the voices of people who are directly impacted by these issues. So I think, again, go to those two websites. You can follow the Poor People's Campaign uh, on, on all the social media platforms. Uh, go to the website and find your way to, to your local uh, Poor People's Campaign events and, and committees. You know, you don't have to become a full-time activist to, to be involved. And as we learn from the civil rights movement, everyone can play a role. From, from children on up to old folks, you know, when, when uh, Dr. King was doing the Poor People's Campaign in his day, or things like the Montgomery bus boycott, the whole community was involved, right? And, and everybody was touched in different ways to uh, plug into the, to the movement. Uh, that's what we need, a, a, a groundswell of energy for people getting involved in, in the Poor People's Campaign and, and a wide range of issues that it covers. On Congo. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play yes uh, mr vasquez i am so 
every time I see poor people's campaign events, I'm just amazed by the multi-generational, multi-racial, multi-economic class status that I'm seeing, particularly in a country that is so divided. What is it that you all are doing in your organization that can be instructive for the rest of us across the country in order to make us realize that we have more in common than we do that is different and that we need to come together, particularly in the economic sense? Yes, sir. Well, Bishop Barber talks about this being a third reconstruction. And I think that uh, one of the ways to achieve those goals is to think about this work in terms of fusion, right? Uh, you know, it's, it's not often that you hear uh, uh, an ordained minister, a bishop, uh, talking about, you know, the, the, the LGBTQ rights, uh, connecting with immigrant rights, connecting with workers' rights. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, he has been uh, ordained not only by his church, but I think he's been called to uh, ensure that uh, justice is served. And 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 uh, I know R Reverend Liz Theo Harris for many years now. Uh, she's a leader uh, in this movement and has introduced me to so many uh, different organizers across the country. I think it's just uh, deeply inspiring. And you know, it's it's easy to watch the the evening news and uh, feel kind of dis dis despair. But I can assure you that there are people all across this nation who are facing problems, but not just sitting in, in their sorrow. Uh, they're getting motivated to uh, get involved in this movement and to organize. All right, uh, Jose, uh, we certainly appreciate it. We'll see you all out there on Saturday. We'll be broadcasting the March Live beginning at 10 a.m. Uh, this Saturday from the Mall on Washington, the Poor People's Campaign for their mass march uh, there in D.C. We appreciate you joining us at Roland Martin Unfiltered. Thank you so much, Roland. All right, thanks a bunch. I want to start with you, uh, Mustafa. What the hell is up with the Biden administration? How, like, like, I don't get this fear of meeting with poor people. I don't understand why not have a summit, a White House summit uh, on poverty, uh, on the poor. Uh, this, this fixation that politicians have with the middle class, the middle class, the middle class. If you are advancing an economic agenda that's appealing to these folks, this, you could, you could literally run away with the elections by galvanizing, mobilizing, and organizing this very block of voters. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the Poor People's Campaign, they have, you know, sort of the, the blueprint uh, for how you bring America together on a set of core issues and for the Biden administration to not honor that. Because it's really, you know, I don't know if it's intentionally uh, being disrespectful, but I think it's disrespectful by not having those sets of conversations because I've seen you know, business leaders uh, have summits pulled together, have, you know, meetings at the White House. I I've seen all these other types of folks who represent uh, different constituencies. So for them not to be meeting with folks who actually have the voice and the energy of people across the country and doing authentic work just doesn't make any sense. Now, we could get pessimistic and just say, you know, that, uh, you know, those who give larger contributions are the ones who get access. Um, I hope that's not true. Um, some of it is who you surround yourself with also in relationship to the administration. Do you have folks in the administration who have actually done work with grassroots folks? Um, and if you don't, then you've got a gap. And then that leaves, 
you know, these situations where you're not connecting with folks who actually are doing the work mul in multiple locations across our country, in urban settings and rural settings. Um, so uh, for them to miss this opportunity is to also say that, um, you know, with the midterms and the general election that, you know, uh, if you don't show up for others, uh, you know, I'm not sure why they should show up for you. So I hope that they rectify that very quickly. It really is befuddling to me, Teresa, that um, that the Purpose campaign, they have been requesting a sit-down with the president since he was inaugurated. Here we are, you know, 18 months into the administration, this mass march is going on, uh, and they still won't do it. I mean, it, frankly, to me, it, it, it reminds me of when Kennedy was afraid of meeting with the organizers of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. Uh, but then, of course, after the march, oh, my goodness, where, where it was so peaceful, then they finally actually met with them. Um, this literally makes no sense. Uh, if you're President Joe Biden you're, and your approval rating is in the toilet, uh, you need to be trying to mobilize and galvanize uh, any block of voters to help your party out to keep control of the House and or the Senate in November right, but that also goes to the overall strategic plan of the White House and its agenda. The agenda has never been the Poor People's Campaign. Um, it's always been, as we stated before, the middle class campaign and, and, and the higher um, economic standards, you know, and then you get a room with the president or someone um, in his leadership organization. But I think we got to go back, you know, to the conversation of what the Poor People's Campaign actually is and what they stand for. They stand for, you know, a lot of social justice rights, where, again, those who don't have access to uh, leadership, those who are in leadership, those who are at the White House, um, they have to, you know, find those who are in that position, and sometimes they just give up. But it would, you know, uh, you would think that Biden's administration would want to not only sit down with them, but actually really, uh, maybe, if they don't have an agenda for the poor people, then we need to actually craft one. And I think they're missing an opportunity here by not allowing them to be in the room. But we also need to look at, you know, past history time. When have the Poor People's Campaign and many other um, organizations that are standing for poor people were able to sit at the table? And, you know, we haven't had that, you know, since King was doing it, you know. So um, I think we just need to kind of also look at uh, a historical aspect but again, there's a reason why the door is not being open. That's because people will be challenged on some of the issues that they are bringing to the forefront. And guess what? They don't have solutions, so they don't want to have a meeting. Well, Congo, they have an agenda. They have a very clear and precise agenda. Um, and, and I don't get what, what the delay is. I don't get what the issue is. And again, what the administration has been trying to do, they've been wanting to meet with Reverend Barber or Reverend Leah Steele Harris as individ individually, but not actually with affected workers. And they say, no, we, we bring the very people who we represent with us, not just us as leaders. That's right. And one of the things I've noticed about the administration is that they, they want to talk about things that affect poor people and claim that they're doing things for people who are poor, but actually meeting and working with 
that's a whole different conversation. That's a whole different, takes a whole different level of organization that they don't seem to be willing to engage in. And the fact of the matter is, Donald Trump got over 70 million votes. Biden got over 80 million votes. But there were over 100 million people who did not vote. And many of them were poor, who felt disenfranchised from this system. Like you said, Roland, it's a, it's a sure shot to be able to catapult yourself into the, next, uh, into the next electoral cycle. But this administration, because, look, they've already have lost a lot of people who are independent-minded because they feel like they're not doing enough. You got people seeing that he's engaging with people like MBS in Saudi Arabia, and they're like, what's the difference between what you're doing and what Trump's doing? I'm hearing people say things like that. So, but one thing we know is that Trump didn't give a damn about poor people. So this is a key opportunity for Biden to not only distinguish himself from people who say he's just like the rest of them, but actually start to bring a new generation of people across age lines who've never voted before to bring them into the system. Because I don't care if you make $10 million a year or $1,000 a year or $100 a year, you get one vote period, bottom line, and their inability, whether it's uh, Vice President Harris, whether it's uh, Deb Holland, whoever it is, they're in a Pete Buttigieg, they talk the game, they talk about, you know, the racism and the infrastructure and all of that, but until you want to bring people into the community, into the fold, it's just going to be another example of talk is cheap. And to not sit with Reverend Barber and Theo Harris and their team, it shows at the end of the day, Biden, that you're, you're, you're talking about it, but you're not really being about it. And that's going to cause you a lot of problems going forward into these midterms as well as 2024. Get with the program. And you said it. Reaching somebody who may not currently vote, but who may vote because you listen. Got to go to a break. We'll be right back on Roland Martin Unfiltered, the Black Star Network. YouTube, y'all get them likes up. We should get a 1,000. I don't understand what's the problem. It ain't that hard. Hit the like button. Let's get it going. We should get a thousand when I come back from this break. Let's go. Back in a moment. On the next Black Table with me, Greg Carr, an amazing conversation with one of the most important thinkers of the last century. If you've ever taken an African-American studies course, he is one of the pioneers that made it possible. We didn't come to UMass grateful to be there. We brought in people that were better than the white people that were there. Professor John H. Bracey Jr., historian, activist, prolific author, and amazing teacher. He joins us on the next Black Table, only on the Black Star Network. Love our new Alexa. It's a Buick. Yeah. Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built in. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking. One of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology. Find new roads. Chevrolet. 
Carl Payne pretended to be Roland Martin. Holla! You are watching Roland Martin, and I'm on his show today, and it's... What? Huh? You should have some chew cards! Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. E Seventeen-year-old Robin Brightwin missing from Tomball, Texas, on May fifteenth of this year. Robin is five feet five inches tall, weighs one hundred and twenty pounds, with brown hair and brown eyes. Anyone with information about Robin Bright should call the Tomball, Texas Police Department at two eight one three five one five four five one two eight one three five one five four five one. Tomorrow, January sixth hearing. Uh, has been canceled, uh, postponed. There are several conflicting reports as to why. Uh, California Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren got bombarded with questions about this delay. Okay. Tell why the tomorrow hearing is postponed. Yeah, it's just technical issues. I mean, we were, you know, the staff putting together all the videos, you know, doing one, two, three. It was overwhelming. So we're trying to give them a little room. Does it fall Wednesday's list for the Thursday, or is Thursday on its own? I think Thursday's on its own. We're moving wise. It's, it's so, so like, topic-wise, if we see other hearings move, when Cheney had outlined in the first hearing, like hearing one is X topic, hearing two, like the topics stay with the hearing. Yes, it's of yeah. It's just uh, it's not a big deal. So there was an so. issue. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. 
Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. No, no. Wednesday's hearing was supposed to focus on the pressure Donald Trump put on Justice Department officials to intervene in the election Thursday. The focus will be on the pressure he put on Vice President Mike Pence. Folks, let's talk about this uh, new drug for alopecia. Uh, it has been, uh, as the new drug has become the first form of alopecia treatment to be approved by the Food and Drug Administration. Monday, the FDA approved the drug to treat, several alo- to, to treat severe alopecia. It proved effective in trial groups with recipients receiving a 4-milligram dosage over 36 weeks, growing back 80% of their scalp hair and eyebrows and eyelash regrowth. Uh, this uh, is an issue... Uh, Teresa, that has come to light. Congressman Ayanna Presley has been very open talking about uh, her suffering from alopecia, losing all of her hair. Uh, of course, when she came into Congress, you know, she uh, had uh, her braids and everything, full head of hair, but she's uh, since uh, lost that. Jada Pika Smith has talked about it as well. Uh, you know, this is uh, certainly uh, a, a positive, positive news for the number of women across the country who deal with uh, this issue of uh, losing their hair. Yeah, I think it's groundbreaking. You know, um, I, I actually applaud, uh, you know, Congresswoman and Jada Pickett-Smith um, for holding their own, you know, in, in, in this uh, uh, disease that is, um, unfortunately, it doesn't sometimes happen at birth. It happens later on. Um, and so, you know, this drug does mean that, you know, when you do speak truth to power, when you do stay in your own um, and, and comfortable in your own skin, results do happen. Um, and I think the constant conversation about um, the, the need to do more, it definitely did provide a solution. And so, you know, when the FDA has approved this, I'm looking forward to um, more results. But this is what is supposed to be in the healthcare field is providing solutions to difficult problems and situations. But again, I believe truth to power actually uh, helped in this situation because not only is it helping, you know, Congressman Jada Pickett-Smith, it's helping thousands of women with this condition. Uh, indeed, folks, uh, in uh, Kansas, a Kansas family is suing a juvenile correction facility for the death of a black teen. 17-year-old Cedric Lofton's foster parents called for help after the teen was hallucinating. Instead of getting help, uh, Cedric died after being restrained by Cedric County officers uh, in September. His family believes his death could have been prevented uh, if officers uh, had followed the 2016 Kansas Department of Corrections recommendations. They blame the officers' lack of training in assisting youth having mental health crises. Uh, during the investigation, Cedric's intake form was found to have been altered, indicating he did not require immediate medical 
attention. The lawsuit accuses five detention officers of using excessive force, failing to intervene in other officers' use of deadly force, and being deliberately, d deliberately indifferent to Lofton's serious medical needs. Uh, Mustafa, the uh, Biden Department of Justice Civil Rights Division, they've been very aggressive in going after uh, correctional officers uh, for their treatment of inmates. And so, uh, you know, this is one of those examples uh, of what happens in juvenile facilities that often don't get the same level of attention uh, as uh, mayhem caused by police officers. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think so, so make sure there's real justice there. The other part of the equation is something that we've talked about before on the show and making sure that these police departments actually have those with mental health skills a part of uh, these calls that come out, or if it's a you know a mental health emergency, uh, just having someone with that skill set um, going out first. We've seen it work in other parts of the country. Uh, we know that it helps to save lives. Um, so you know we'll see if they finally move forward with making sure the right things are in place. Folks, uh, Brittany Griner will be spending 18 more days uh, in Russia. Her detainment uh, has been extended uh, through at least July 2nd. Russian media outlets gave no timeline for her trial, but a top Russian diplomat said Griner would not be considered for detainee swaps until uh, her case gets investigated. On Monday, the State Department and the and Griner's WNBA team members um, met uh, with one another to, to be briefed on what the Biden administration is doing to secure her release. The WNBA center was arrested on suspicion of drug smuggling in February at a Russian airport. Authorities say they found cannabis products in her luggage. On the Congo, this is an example, frankly, uh, of Putin using her as a pawn as he battles the West over his uh, war against Ukraine. Absolutely. And really, quite honestly, Putin is winning right now. He's, he's using our sister right there as, as, as a hostage in this whole situation, and they're going to continue to do this. You see what he's doing as it relates to his soldiers taking access to the grain that's coming out of the Ukraine that's been helping to feed different parts of the world. You're starting to see that even in Russia, they've been able to get a better hold on inflation than we have in the United States. The restaurants that were McDonald's restaurants are now opening under another name, like Just Tasty or something like that. And so people are starting to feel as if Russia's going to be okay, you know, even though they've lost, they've lost thousands of soldiers. But Putin has always had a long game mentality ever since he was almost killed, you know, being in, in Germany at the end of the Cold War. Right. And so really, at the end of the day, what he's doing with Brittany Griner right now, it's, it's strategic. And the Biden administration is not doing enough. I don't care what anybody says. They need to go harder in terms of what they're doing. They need to go harder as it relates to putting pressure on other European nations to go harder on their sanctions. But we know that they're dependent on Russia for some of its gas products as well. But this actually ties back to the first part of our conversation tonight. When are principles going to be more important than power? When are people going to put our moral mentality ahead of the things that we need to do to be able to get a little bit of cheaper gas, right? And, and Brittany's in the, caught in the middle of that. And right now, people thought that Putin was on the ropes, but right now he seems to be on the rise. Biden administration needs to step up. We need to get our sister out of there. And really, at the end of the day, if we put real pressure and pressure our allies, we can really make a change in Russia and what's going on there if we have the real will to do so. And I'm just not fully seeing it. 
All right, folks, we'll take a real quick break, and we'll be right back on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network YouTube. Hit that like button, y'all. We should be at a thousand likes by now. Let's get it going. I'll be right back. iPhone 13 on us for every customer. Current, new, everyone to show the love. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking. One of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology. Find new roads. Chevrolet. On the next Black Table with me, Greg Carr. An amazing conversation with one of the most important thinkers of the last century. If you've ever taken an African-American studies course, he is one of the pioneers that made it possible. We didn't come to UMass grateful to be there. We brought in people that were better than the white people that were there. Professor John H. Bracey Jr., historian, activist, prolific author, and amazing teacher. He joins us on the next Black Table, only on the Black Star Network. Love our new Alexa. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built-in. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, you'll hear from Elizabeth Davis. She left a flourishing career in the construction industry to build her own business using her same skill set. And oh, by the way, now a multi-million dollar business. Every day I was looking at my numbers rather than looking at them weekly or, or monthly. Um, when you're first starting your business, my recommendation is look at your numbers every day because are they balancing out each day? If they're not balancing out for three days in a row, that means your week is going to be off. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. Hi, I'm Israel Houghton with Israel and New Breed. Hi, I'm Carl Painting. Hey, everybody, this is Sherry Shepard. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered, and while he's doing Unfiltered, I'm practicing the wobble. I am. Because Roland Martin's the one, he will do it backwards, he will do it on the side. He messes everybody up when he gets into the wobble, because he doesn't know how to do it, so he does it backwards. And it messes me up every single time. So, I'm working on it. I got it. You got Roland Martin. <laughs> Folks, for the last couple of days, we've been live streaming events from here from the UNCF uh, Unite 2022 conference here uh, in Atlanta. If you miss uh, the uh, sessions, go to the Black Star Network app, go to our YouTube channel. You can see the previous sessions. You can also pre see our previous interviews uh, that we have done. We got more stuff we have for you tomorrow. They have uh, sessions uh, taking place uh, tomorrow morning here uh, in uh, Atlanta. It ends Thursday. Uh, and so we want to do that. Uh, also, tune in tomorrow. My man, uh, Ben. ben
Benjamin Dixon is going to be sitting in for me broadcasting from here. I got to fly to Philadelphia uh, tomorrow for the 80th birthday of my man Eddie Levert. Uh, and so I hope to check in uh, from his birthday party with y'all uh, to certainly uh, show him some love. Uh, and so I got to head there. But also we have interviews tomorrow uh, with the presidents of a Talladega uh, College. They'll be uh, on uh, tomorrow's show uh, as well. So uh, look forward to uh, that conversation. Uh, we'll be uh, having that for you tomorrow. So uh, let me thank Teresa. Let me thank Mustafa Omakongo for joining us on today's panel. Thank you so very much. Uh, folks, again, if you want to support us in what we do, please download the Black Start Network app available on all platforms, uh, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, uh, Amazon uh, Fire, as well as Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. And uh, please support us in what we do. Your dollars actually make it possible for us to be able uh, to, uh, to cover stories broadcast all across the country, for us to be here, for us to be able to cover uh, the Poor People's Campaign uh, in March that will be taking place uh, on Saturday uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. You can send a check or money order to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. So, uh, folks, thank you so very much. Shout out to all the folks of the UNCF uh, uh, for uh, making it possible for us to be here, assisting us as well. And so we appreciate it. Again, uh, go check out all the content. Uh, we're going to be uh, loading more of that content for you to actually see the great things that's been happening with our with our HBCUs all across the country. Go to their social media. Also go to the hashtag UNCF Unite or hashtag HBCU Pride. So that's it. I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow right here on Roller Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Holla! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play the wait is almost over get ready for the 2024 nfl season as the full schedule is announced every rival every rematch every rookie debut every game revealed the 2024 nfl schedule release presented by verizon coming in may live on nfl network espn2 and streaming on nfl plus terms and conditions apply to nfl plus visit nfl.com schedule release to learn more 
See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.